0: This is the Stay Healthy Experience, hosted by Robert Ferguson, Mr. Daniel Baldwin, and Barbara Chris. And today, we're going to have a candid conversation about the coronavirus. And we're going to talk about it in a way that I think is unique. And a lot of people aren't talking about this. And that is how it's impacting uh, poor people, if you will, um, brown, black, you know, families where there's quite a few people living in the same home. Uh, and at the same time, you know, uh, establishments like prisons, uh, jails. What is that like? And so we've been fortunate enough to have uh, guests. Mr. Daniel Baldwin, would you please introduce your friend, uh, Sergeant, Sergeant John.
1: He's uh, with us today, uh, a close family friend and uh, civil servant in Onondaga County, Sergeant John Sievers. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. So
0: what is it like, I mean, John, right now, like, I mean, is everything the same? Do they have everybody to stay in their, their jail cell? How is that working out?
2: Yeah, we, we had to come up with some uh, major changes, not only uh, on the road, but like you said, in the, in the jail and the justice center and the prison that we have, um, you know, first and more, you know, we, we have stopped uh, all roll calls where the deputies and the officers would get together in a room before their shift to discuss. Um, things that happened on the previous shifts or things they need to know about before they go out on the road or whatever. so we've kind of uh, separated that social distancing um, you know so we're holding our roll calls either by email video or um, like out in a, a parking uh, garage area where people can be six feet apart to do that um, when all issued uh, PPEs um, you know that's a huge thing because there's you know, a big demand for them right now. So, you know, we obviously are doing um, anything we can to get our hands on them. Um, even uh, locally here, American High production, uh, I was fortunate to go out there and, and pick up some from them. I'm actually going to go out there this week and actually uh, participate in, in producing them.
0: So. Wow. So, so it starts from the outside in, right? So you have, you know, fellow, um, you know, uh, I guess law enforcement personnel shows up there's a whole damage control there, but what's taking place as as far as like inside with the prisoners, how are they coping?
2: Well, we're fortunate to have uh, a cell system where they have their own cells. So they're not bunking together in a sense. So um, it's called like a housing unit or say, and uh, so it's nice. So there's that one-on-one. So they're separated that way, Um, you know, and it's really uh, just, Limiting the the you know people that come in to visit, um, recreation time, all these things. Just like everybody else, you know, we have to stay in our house. Uh, you know, we're kind of on a lockdown situation at that point too. So,
0: but how does that work when you want to take a shower? Like, how does the showering work?
2: You know what I mean? Like, there's separate, separate showers, so they all have. You know, again, it's no different from before. They take their turns, and uh, they have you know a shower stall. Just like a bathroom would you know it's not open up. I mean a lot of people perceive prison as a you know uh, a cell room with two bunks and a toilet, and that's not the case here. It's, it's uh, you know one bunk and a toilet and a desk, so they all have like their individual pod.
0: yeah this is a nice prison
1: yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hey, hey John so, so so something comes to mind to me. so under normal conditions before the coronavirus you would get together for this roll call. You would sit down, you would review things that happened in the previous shift. I guess there would probably be uh, some types of directives of what you're looking to accomplish and and, and goals and so on and so forth. You're not doing that now. So with the coronavirus, would you say not having that normalcy in those types of uh, uh, pre-shift meetings, does that affect your ability to to be totally effective in law enforcement?
2: No, it it, it doesn't. Um, you know, again, uh, anything that can be relayed, person to person, you know, um, we can do it via email before their shifts. Or, like I said, we've we've opened it up where, um, you know, for instance, a night shift uh, utilizes the uh, Sally Port when you walk, go drive into the jail. So there's two garage doors on each end, and it's big enough in there where they're able to spread out, and the um, supervisor can do the roll call there make sure everybody's you know, in their inspection and they look good and whatnot before they go on out into their pods. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, just a, it's just a different way to adapt, I guess. I mean, we're still doing what we can and what we um, used to do, we're just doing it a little differently.
1: How about the interaction with the citizens for the basic uh, you know, patrol officer?
2: Yeah, again, those are some changes uh, we had to do. Uh, hang on a second here, I just lost you. There's something happened here. You're on. See you. yeah. well, we got I you. know, My battery's going low, or something happened. But um, so yeah, so uh, you know, there's a, a screening type service. So when the somebody calls nine one one, and you know they want the police to come, the nine one one dispatcher asking certain questions if anybody's sick, ill in the house, things like that. So if there is we can you know for or the deputy's nervous about going into the house they can ask the person to step out of the house to, to conduct the business unless it's like a domestic situation where we have to go in and intervene um you know uh, and then we have like we call priority one two and three calls and the priority three calls are the calls that um you know are non non-emergency type of incidents or that, that they're they're invest calls is that something that's already occurred uh so we've kind of made it available on our website that we have a, uh, like a non-emergency police report. so people can go online and fill out. So say your, your car was entered in the middle of the night and some things were missing instead of calling us and having a patrol unit come over, uh, you could go online and and just send the information in and we can conduct a Mm follow-up investigation or somebody uh, that's inside the office will call you and try to further that investigation at that point. So there are, there are different things that, you know, again, we don't do, uh, We don't have other officers ride with officers in the cars, Um, you know, it's one per car. Uh, You know, we still have to, you know, do the social distancing as well. So,
3: Yeah, I was just about to ask that with how you partner up because there's been a few times too where I'm driving and you see a police officer who's pulled someone over and they might have their partner but they're like standing like way far, like way behind. I mean, how does that impact your, just your ability to do your job safely?
2: Yeah. So again, uh, we're issued the PPEs. Uh, so we have our mask, we have our gloves, um, you know, and we're doing, like I said, everything we can to eliminate it. So, you know, we don't allow any of our officers to ride with another officer. So we have no double units. Um, you know, if, Worst case scenario, again, we would suit up, you know, with our masks and our gloves if we had to do that. But that would just be like if we uh, had to bring one of our cars to the garage for to be repaired, so we have to drop it off and we need to ride back to the station,
0: you know. So that would be the only circumstances that that would occur. All right, I have a hypothetical for you. So one of the things that a lot of people aren't talking about, and, and I can't wait to get the perspective from Barbara and Daniel on this as well, is in California there's quite a few families where. You know, let's say there's a two or three bedroom house and there's not four people in the house, there's 12, 13, 14 people living in this one house. And the thought of one person attracting the virus and living in that house, it's just a matter of time before someone gets really ill and probably more than half the people in the house have the virus. That's going to happen. You know, it it just—it's probably happening right now. When you have everybody living in the same house, how are you guys going to deal with that? Because that's going to be what—a combination of um, the hospitals working with law enforcement to go inside and uh, keep everybody else quarantined. Force—I mean, you know what I mean? You guys see where I'm going with this?
2: Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like what we're dealing with now. I mean, we have family members, you know, I live in a household of, uh, of three other individuals. So if one gets it, more than likely, I'm going to get it and, you know, my daughter's going to get it or my son, but, um, you know, it, it's just the fact that what they're, they're trying to do is they don't want individuals going from that household out to the public for unnecessary reasons, and um, and then contracting or you know possibly exposing other people, and then coming back to that resident. So, um, it, it is tough. There is, I guess, no real way to control that because the only way you can do it is by just staying in your house. And and you know, again, if you have the virus, yeah, you're more than likely gonna it's gonna spread throughout the family. And that's what we're seeing. A lot of our numbers here, anyways, are you know we'll have one person that's. Um, pause, test positive, and then um, you'll find out like three more people have test positive. It's part of that family. So it, it's happening and, you know, I mean, we're, the numbers are going up every day here. I mean, I think it went up another, what, I don't know, 14, I think yesterday or something. So, and just in an this yeah, count. It's,
1: it's, it's going to continue to um escalate because if you are to follow the actual definition of quarantining, then you would know that you are supposed to, this is, I wrote this um, on my WordPress three weeks ago. This disease, this virus can only be, you can only get it if you invite it. It has to be invited. If you are truly quarantining, then you you don't have a chance of getting it because it's not in your house. So, if you're truly quarantining, So I believe the answer, Robert, you know, particularly with high volume households, I call them. So if you're in a four bedroom home with 12 people in it, uh, it, the mathematics would support on average, it's three people per room. If someone contracts elderly grandma or whatever, goes out to get her physical therapy and gets, and comes back in, you're going to have 11 people in three rooms and grandma in her one room is the reality of that. You try to quarantine within the quarantine, your grandmother. But again, you know, it, you, it would be so mind boggling hard to go in there with masks on and service what grandma needs um, and, and, and do not expose the other people in the home. So, you know, the real answer to it is, is stay home right now. Stay home. Don't invite. And
2: that's what you say. You know, you got to isolate that person. It's going to be so hard, especially in a house like that, because
1: you really want to make sure they have their own bathroom their own bedroom. <laughs> Volume just got crazy.
0: Yeah, we're getting crazy feedback there. Is <laughs> someone? Because uh, sometimes if you're on a device that's on, this capturing the same thing, it can do that. Mm. So, John, are you on
1: Facebook right now? No. Okay. Anyone? Have- <laughs> John's volume just got. Like, I don't know. Some, some something's too close to your mic, or something's going on, John. Talk again.
2: Can you
1: hear me now? Yeah, yeah that's
2: good. I got too close. It was really
3: low. I
1: don't know.
3: Can you hear him okay?
1: I hear him. It was a little low. He's going to project more. He's an opera singer. <laughs>
3: um, you know, I have a kind of along those lines, though. I was wondering with some of these communities that maybe. Um, you know, or just don't have as many resources available to them, or they don't have, you know, not everybody has Wi-Fi or whatever it may be. Do you feel like the information is getting across, you know, into those neighborhoods relatively evenly? Because, I mean, it seems like, I mean, for a lot of us, we have an overload of information. No,
0: no, Barbara, no. If you go on Facebook, John, I'm seeing families and people who are aware and knowledgeable. Taking their cameras and videotaping guys playing basketball, full yep. five-on-five games with people on the side high-fiving, belly, chest bumping. I mean, is is I mean, is the law enforcement going to like pull these guys sure. over and say you cannot do that anymore? Yeah, we we've been doing that. Um, actually, here in Syracuse, they've
2: uh, at the parks they took down the basketball hoops. Um, in the meantime. Um, you know, we have a, uh, you know, an order now to, to shelter in place. Um, you know, but again, we've been responding to those type of calls probably since the 26th of uh, March is when our county executive put out an order. And, um, you know, we started receiving phone calls to 911 center and they, they're coded as a local law call. So anytime, but we're finding, what we're finding out is that A lot of these calls that we're going to are juveniles playing with their friends, playing basketball. So it's important that we get the message across to the parents of these kids because they're young. They don't understand this. I mean, you know, my son myself, you know, he wants to go out and play basketball with his friend across the street that he's done every day of the summer last year. And now he can't, he can just look out the window and see him, you know, and, and it's discouraging for him, but he's, you know, I'm trying to explain to him and have him understand how serious this is, you know, and that's what the problem is, is that uh, these parents are just allowing their kids to go out. And next thing you know, they're playing football, basketball. You know?
3: Right. Or they're working. Maybe there are some of the few that are still working. They can't, you know, manage their kids that are home. And I mean, cause I see yeah. some of that too. I right. see, you know, Groups of kids, you know, relatively young teenagers on their bikes. I mean, they don't look like they're part of the same family and they're just kind of hanging out.
1: Yeah, you're not you're not you know, you know what it's called. And, And Barbara and Robert and I probably more than John will understand this analogy. You're not seeing the flames yet. You're not feeling the heat yet. So when Simi Valley is burning up with one of the worst forest fires and we're watching it all and we can see the smoke a little bit, and we hear about all the houses. But it's not until it's in Woodland Hills or it's in Malibu or whatever, and you go, hey, man, they are making us leave our house right now because we are in that kind of, a, I can feel the heat from the wind of the fires coming. It's six blocks away and at 800 homes. Right. You're not seeing the flames yet in America yet. And some places in New York city, you're seeing the flames now. And in California, as I spoke with Robert and, and, and John Collins from stay healthy and a couple of people, well, they're thinking of relaxing the restrictions soon. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. And watch, it'll just, the wind will pick up. It'll fan it again. You need to stay home. This is, this is going to be six, eight more weeks, you know, for sure, before you're really going to get on top of the curve. Cause remember, just like that fire, When the wind picks up and the numbers increase, and they're going to increase because you're not testing, you're not getting enough numbers, there's a lot of people that have this that don't know they have it right now. So when it blows up in the next, I predict, two to three weeks and we we peak at the top of the numbers, then suddenly you're going to go, oh, my God, my cousin has it. My next door neighbor has it. Two people at work have it. It's going to get closer to you. You're going to see the glow of the fire as it's starting to move towards your home and then you're going to understand hey maybe i should really just stay in right now then we'll really jump on top and we'll lower the curve but that hasn't happened yet because if you look at what what people are doing socializing wise there's people right now down at walmart with no masks on no gloves on walking around that store touching an item putting it down (laughs) coughing sneezing you know they don't know they don't know do you know what the biggest transference the biggest transference in Italy they traced in northern Italy. Do you know what it was? Right. Gas station pumps. Yeah. Gas station pumps. People are coughing in their hand. It's out They're outside. It's still cold. They grab the pump. The next guy goes over. He gets coronavirus. He pushes the pad to put his credit card in. He gets coronavirus. They were giving it to each other at the pumps left and right. Do you see people pumping their gas right now with gloves on? No. I, you, I, I, I do. I, I think do. Think you. You, you know, know what?
0: Uh, oh, go ahead, Barbara.
3: No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that um, along those lines, Daniel. I totally agree with that. You know, it seems like they need to be sharing, which is great. why you're here, John, too, is the stories of the people who are actually on the front lines, the healthcare providers, the first responders, and everything that they're dealing with. Um, well, you know, those of us that don't see that, like you said, Daniel, it's like you just we haven't felt the heat yet. But when you see what they're actually dealing with, like. Literally looks like a war zone. It's unreal, you know mm. the severity of what's being dealt with. That seems to be, you'd think, would be more compelling for people to see that.
1: Well, so here's here's what happens, and 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 I don't know, but I, but I suspect in New York you, know, you may you see, see this. <laughs> Pardon me. Now go ahead. <laughs> what was what the hate real?
0: on me? He's hating on me as usual. No, no. I, I said, go ahead, Daniel. Finish your point, sir.
1: Um. Uh, it's like it's like fifth grade he's like that kid in the back of the classroom that had to say something um uh, i think you'll see an implementation i'll go ahead and gamble and say that on the outskirts of manhattan in certain places you'll see a military presence um and and and, and so you say that and and people go you mean they're going to put enforce some kind of martial law some kind of curfew if you can't get the people so think about this for a minute you are somebody that lives in an apartment and your mother lives in an apartment and she's a couple blocks away. You're going to have to go out. She does not have the freezer capability and the food and so on. You're going to have to go out and get her medication. There are some necessities. If you're going to go out, you want to minimize that contact, that exposure. You don't want clowns that are all over the place that just don't care about. So you may see in, 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 in densely populated areas, a presence of National Guard in the next few weeks. You might. Because you have to, in Italy right now, you walk the streets and military men walk up to you armed with guns yeah. and say, where are your papers? Where are you going? What's your job? And you got to prove to them that you're on your way as an EMS worker or as a nurse or whatever, or you can be arrested and detained. Yeah. And the re- reason why they did that is because you can't get the average person who's infecting the actual guy going to get the medication because he's not being responsible about it. So if you're not going to get everybody to buy into it, you're going to force them to buy into it. And I think you might see that in New York. New York's ground zero right now. Yeah.
0: Well, I have a question for Sergeant John. Um, I was looking at some data the other day. And the data said that in stores, liquor stores, sales are up about... Little over fifty percent. Uh, alcohol online is up two hundred and like fifty something percent. I know that when people spend more time with each other than they're used to, and the fact that they are starting to drink not at five o'clock, but starting around eleven o'clock, <laughs> that domestic violence must be up. Can you it need is. To talk about that.
2: Yeah, we, we have seen an increase um you know uh and again it's it's a part of this whole pandemic that you're going to see this um you know people are together now they're they're longer hours of the day together um <laughs> so we definitely have seen an increase um but you know there's certain crimes that we've seen in a decrease you know, like, we don't have a lot of uh traffic out there so we're not seeing a lot of arrests relative to traffic offense type incidents um you know you have less people congregating together so you're not seeing as many harassments assaults Um, but like i said what you are seeing is the domestic incidents verbal physical they have come up um just in the you know we did a comparison from last year to this year, just in the, from March 1st to April 1st. And I think it was like a 10%, we're up 10%. I see
1: that going up. So here's another one for you to contemplate. Are you aware of future projections that are going on right now that they're speculating record since the 1960s, they are projecting that in January, February, March, April, and may of next year, there could be an additional 20% birth rate for the number of people that are home right now that are just shagging because they're home with their partner and they're normally not. So you got nothing to do. Guess what? Bump up the volume, bump up the volume, bump up the volume, dance, dance. People are doing it. And they're looking and they're looking at being locked in for the next three months. And how many babies are gonna be born as a result? An influx that hospitals will not be able to, to be able to take care of. Gynecologists are, are gonna be flooded with millions of extra children that will be born next year. And they're talking about it now. They're saying it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Barry White being played tonight.
0: <laughs> if, I if I don't beat you, you, we gotta we gotta do something else. <laughs> Wow, you just
3: messed lost.
0: up. He <laughs> lost it, didn't I he? Have, I have totally lost it. <laughs> there's, there's something about, like, you know, being in this moment and not being able to just go outside and run and walk. Uh, I mean, because we're seeing that more people are gaining weight also than they are at staying at the same weight or losing weight. And we also saw in the reports that more people are purchasing processed foods. And I see this whenever I go to the store because I go probably twice a week and I get fresh fruits and vegetables. They're always there. Yeah. You go down the aisle
1: looking for some Oreos because you're, you're craving. Who got the Oreos, man? <laughs> yeah, I learned that. I learned that when I lost this significant amount of weight um, with Diet Free Life. Um, uh, I learned the key to it. You know, if you, if you just don't bring it in the house, you can't eat it it's that's that's the key for me i don't play this anymore i have i have the stuff because my kids need it or whatever i don't want my kids eating either diabetes is in my in my family uh weight gain and, and obesity is in my family i don't want to introduce that to my kids so i'm not saying either that i'm the the grinch that stole christmas i don't have some stuff every once in a while but i very i very limited uh, limited greatly now that's the answer robert
0: well thank you sir so, so, John, do you guys have much concern, or have you had briefings on the potential outbreak of people vandalizing, breaking into Walmart's and breaking into, you know, fitness centers? You know what I mean, like breaking, uh, into, breaking
1: into businesses because they're not occupied and nope.
0: like, Yeah,
2: so so that's one of the things that's part of our proactive policing. You know, we have to um, you know do a lot more property checks, business checks. Um, you know, uh, which again, you know, we still have a call volume, but it has gone down. Um, People, I think, get the picture and they know that, you know, they don't call the police for not, you know, it's really not necessary for some of the things that we were getting calls for, you know, if it's a barking dog or this, I mean, stuff to tie us up. I mean, we're not responding to those anymore. We're not, we're not seeing the calls coming in like that. Um, So it allows us to you know, get to those businesses and check them at night, um, during the day, and you know, the ones that are closed up. So, but I, I think, like you said, I, I think really the big picture, of what we're going to see is that rise in the domestic violence calls. Um, that's just going to be a, a given. I mean, I, I, I see videos and stuff now. One was uh, there was a caption like, you know, your blinking's bothering me. Stop, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: you know, I, I just think. Being in close quarters for such a long time, I mean, eventually, you know, people are going to get irritated with each other and discouraged and upset and, you know, anxious to get out of the house and, you know, arguments are going to happen. So.
0: Well, you know, are you are you ready for this Sunday? Because I'll be willing to bet somewhere there's going to be some pastor is going to say we're having church and there's going to be a lot of members going we're, hey, we're in God's hands. Would you guys shut that down? Like, what would happen if that were to take place?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we're forced to shut it down. And um, these things are getting referred to the attorney general's office, you know, for further actions. Um, You know, especially uh, like Daniel was talking about, some of the uh, bars, uh, establishments, you know, they're being uh, shut down and referred to the AG's office. And some uh, establishments are losing their liquor license over it. So, again... They're looking at it. This is my livelihood. I gotta pay. You know, I gotta you know support my family. And we're looking at it as a public health crisis. And you know, it's unfortunate, but in the long run, you shut yourself down for a little bit. And the sooner we get this thing passes, the sooner you can get that establishment back open. And um, you know, versus trying to to get your license back. You know, your your liquor license is going to be much harder.
3: Yeah, you know. Oh, oh,
1: go ahead, Barbara.
3: you oh, just a quick question. Thanks, Daniel. Um, you know, with respect to like the the holidays, are, are there any um I don't know hints of the fact that maybe people wanting to visit their family that are in prison or incarcerated that they're going to cut that off just to limit outside exposure? Or?
2: We already have done that. Um, okay. We don't have uh, you know open public visitors. Uh, we've, we're doing things. We're allowing inmates free. Uh, video conference calls and um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, free phone calls. You know, so they had that option, so which is kind of nice that we've been able to do that for them. So nobody's coming in and out of the, the facilities.
3: Okay.
1: Hey, so I got um um you know two thoughts. Uh, one, as we kidded before we started the show about how uh, Robert and I do, you know, we walk, we have movie nights with our with our girls. Um, you know, I realized that going to a service for Easter is, you know, part of the game plan and the um, the tradition for many families out there. Um, but the idea of you know whoever it is, if it's you know Joel Osteen or whoever it is on your big screen at home, and te- and televising that and and uh, you know praying and 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 recognizing um, Christ or whatever it is that you believe in Passover. Uh, as a family in your home is where we're at this weekend and so you know it's the best you can do it's the most responsible thing to do and it's still available to you via satellite or cable or whatever it's going to be so it's not like we have to go without you know i mean it's just an adjustment we need to make this particular easter weekend
0: well hey i already put the goat the goat blood on my front door i'm good baby
1: you're good bro <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: it's it's like it's like doing a show with the black Rodney Dangerfield. Right <laughs> okay. It's like hey, okay, all right. Okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask from a uh, from a, um, um, law enforcement thing was to John and there's hey John, how does this affect uh, prostitution and how does this affect uh, um, um, homelessness? Have you seen a change in that? Oh no!
3: You
1: hey, that's so funny. Hi, Beth. Um, so, so John, the homeless, you know, community—that's got to be really, t- t- you know, trying, you know, for for law enforcement right now during this. How's it, any, any, any notes or any, uh, any, any um, insight on that?
2: No, I mean, we work closely with uh, the rescue mission, um, you know, so they're still an operation and they're, they're able to house these individuals, uh, the YMCA, things like that. So um, there are facilities out there. Um, our county exec has, has pushed out a lot of uh, services um, that are offered to the community, um, even, even uh, daycare uh for for the essential employees that have to go to work um you know they, they've made some adjustments so um out in the county wise i mean the prostitution you know that we would see would typically be like uh you know the back page type ad stuff uh uh where it would involve um usually a, a hotel room and as you know not not too many people are staying at the hotels nowadays anyway so yeah that's true um, but you so know, you've
1: seen the, you've seen it lowered. Then you've seen the problem lowered, dude.
2: Yeah, we had. I mean, again, we've had to make some adjustments on our end too. So we have certain detectives that are signed to special investigations units. Um, you know, uh, and again, a lot of this activity is, is slowed down uh, because of this. So you're, you know, I'm sure I can't speak for a prostitute, but I'm sure that they probably have some concerns about going to staying a, at a room. You know, or being around somebody that could be infected that way, an easier way to, 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 to get the virus.
1: So, John, ro- ro- Robert, did you want to jump in now?
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I, I was thinking about something. And um, I think a lot of that, it would work the same as, as dating. Dating is down. Um, getting to know someone is up right? because of Zoom and,
1: and yeah. FaceTime.
0: Um, but my question right now, is knowing that a person has a coronavirus, right so let's say that someone tests positive and they decide they're going to go and infect some people and just not even let them know maybe it's a date maybe they meet you know what i mean like so if you knowingly have the virus but go and, and you know improvise someone else's life could a person go to jail for that
2: yeah, yeah, we've had it happen here in our area where um, you're seeing individuals go into stores and attempting to steal things, and they get caught. Um, you know, they're claiming they 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 tested positive, and they're starting to cough and spit, and you know, so they're they're being arrested, even if they're not positive. So, um, if there's a way to determine that somebody
0: knowingly is doing this, uh, they're going to get
2: arrested and charged.
0: Wow, so someone could literally go in. And, you know, try to steal some Oreo cookies, get caught and go, hey, man, back up. (coughs) Back up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and they start saying, I I tested positive, I got COVID-19 and, you know, yeah, they can get arrested.
1: Well, that's very similar, guys, to when we had the big blow up with AIDS and then you had people that were on dating sites knowing that they were HIV positive, having unprotected sex with partners without informing them. That they had aids and they were arrested for attempted murder
3: Mm -hmm. wow
1: prosecuted
3: yeah yeah i just saw an article i think it was a day or two ago of a woman in california was arrested for that well for uh purposely going into a store and like licking and touching stuff Mm -hmm. and just crazy (laughs)
0: so what would you like us to like like I guess, John, what what can we do as citizens? Like, what do you want people to do more of that you know that they're not? Because um, a lot of people will watch this and it's like, okay, well, tell us what we can do that make your life uh, in law enforcement easier.
2: Um, again, I, I think the biggest thing that we have to do is educate our young children, our young kids about this virus and how serious it is and how serious it is to um uh, you know have that distance with their friends um, because like we discussed before you know uh, some of their parents may be essential workers some um, may just not care and say yeah go outside play with your friends the next thing you know there's six of them playing ball like rubbing chess together tackling each other touching the basketballs passing it back and forth um, you know so that's one of the huge things that we look at is, is just the educational portion of it and just trying to get people to understand how serious this is. And um, you know, stay inside, stay home, and um, you know, like I said, limit limit the, your your time out. And if you have to go out, make sure it's essential that you know you have to go to the grocery store for some particular food or something. But if it's something that's not necessary, we shouldn't see you at Target looking at clothes. And you know, I mean, you should be getting your essential things that you need to
0: survive right now. All right, so big question for you and uh, Daniel as it pertains to the state of New York. Um, when is the governor going to shut down the subways?
1: Well, so you know it's interesting we 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 i've I've watched a lot of criti- criticism of the current uh administration and the president that he's really money p- pulling money federal funding for testing, and he's going to limit the capability of testing. And so when I see that, I wonder whether or not it's because the state of New York and the administration and the American people don't really want to know. Um, You know, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know how many people have it? Do you really want to know how dangerous this is? This is this game that goes on back and forth in the popularity contest in an election year. So, you know, I don't know. I think the most fascinating thing is... The, uh, the wide array, the polar opposite opinions that can come up on something that should be so simple to understand. Um, there's only one way to flatten the curve and not get this virus, and that's not be exposed to it. That's a no brainer. Now, if it was um, leprosy and you went out there and you started seeing neighbors' arms falling off and people dropping in the street, decaying and dying, you'd probably believe it more. It's the same as the drug addictions work that I do. And and John will tell you about this because he sees it on the front lines. I would be willing to bet that 85 or more percent of any violent crime that's done in Syracuse, New York has some undertone or overtone of drug addiction or drugs involved in the crime. John?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about this on several occasions and you know, we have a heroin issue in this county. And, you know, Nothing, nothing ever good comes out of heroin. So it's either death, jail, one of so with
1: that. So with that said, knowing that the number is that high, you would think that as a society, we would want to jump on the core to what's causing all these other crimes. Prostitutes are prostituting to supply their habit. People are stealing, people are shooting, people are robbing, people are influencing, they're raping, they're crashing their car. So much of it has to do with that root problem. Wouldn't you think the focus would be that problem? But it's not. It's not. We're not attacking it. We're not doing anything. The same is going to happen here. So to answer your question, now that I'm going to round the wagons, I'm sorry it took so long. Um, about until you see people getting really, really sick—not 700. I told you there's a Joe Rogan has a guy on the CDC in a podcast. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And he said he predicted. He they knew. They knew ahead of time a month ago. More when I was telling you, Robert, get ready. Get ready, it's coming, it's gonna be way worse than people are telling you it's gonna be really, really bad. We haven't gotten there yet. We have not gotten there yet. It's not when it goes 40, 80, 160, 6, you know, that's not what it goes. It's sure. when it goes 1 million, 2 million, 4 million, 8 million, and I'm talking each day it can multiply by two. So when we get to 16, 32, 64 million nationally, then you're going to see the subways close. Then you're going to see everyone go, I don't care what, because the shift will change. The American people will say, shut it down. Shut it down. My mother's dead. I've got a friend, captain of my football team. His mother's dead. Coronavirus. Vivacious, 80-something years old. One whiff of it, gone. My friend Tom Wachowski, great guy, law enforcement guy down in the Carolinas, lost his mom. He, I wrote to him, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, Tom. I'm praying for you and her. He wrote back, "This coronavirus is really serious, Daniel. It's really serious. We have not seen it yet. We're not. Seeing we haven't forced them to tell people who who uh, uh, to shut down a major mass transit system. We haven't so, given them up." Daniel, Daniel, what
0: are you guys? I mean, your mom, you know, is up there in age. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. So, what are you guys doing? Or what have you done? Or your or Beth
1: to help? So, So we literally have, you know, screened carefully her two nurses and said, What are you doing when you leave? Are you know, so they're taking all we've made sure people have masks and gloves and so on. And they go straight from work in their car to my mother back home and home with their family. They're not out. They're not doing anything. And we've said, Listen, if you can't follow that criteria, for some reason, it's just you know, you got another job, whatever, you need to let us know because you're not coming into the house. My mother gets one with she's gone, right? For sure. So, but we, she has two nurses and my sister, my sister, Beth, um, and, uh, uh, her husband, Charlie are in the house with my mother. So my mother, you know, is my, my mother, ironically, only doesn't know any different. She doesn't really come out of the basement much. She's not, (laughs) she just goes, when are you coming over, honey? And we call her on the phone and FaceTime, you know, so we're not seeing her physically, but no, no one, no one's around my mom, just her two nurses, um, that she has, she has nurses, you know, uh, 16 hours a day. Nice. So, so yeah, and you know, we we've been blessed to be in a situation that we can afford to do that for her. Um, and my sister Beth, poor Beth, has the night shift, where you know, mom decides she wants to get up and go to the bathroom at two o'clock in the morning. Beth has to get up from the the second floor and go all the way to the basement take my mom in. And my, my mom's notorious for driving Beth crazy. Um, <laughs> but I see. I don't think I don't think that's the example. I think the example is more what you were going at in the very beginning of this broadcast. And that is, what do you do with people who have not convinced themselves that this is that dangerous and are still working? I was on the phone with Robin and she had the uh, roofers are up doing the roof. Now that's an outside job, but then they came to the door and I went, you can't exchange paper and, and sign things. You can't expose yourself to this. Do you not understand that you can take a pen out of someone's hand and get coronavirus? You can go to the supermarket, if you don't have gloves on, when you go to push that keypad, that that keypad has been touched all day long at Walmart by 500 people, 500 people. Did any of those 500 people and the 20 people that they saw that day, that's now 20 times 500 has touched that keypad. That's how you have to look at it. So if you're going in there and you don't have a mask on and you don't have gloves on, you are out of your mind. You're out of your mind. And you're bringing it into your home and introducing it to your children, your elderly parents, and anybody else, your spouse, anyone else in that home. The minute you touch that keypad, the minute you pump that gas, every single person that's touched it for 12 hours is now in your life. Being.: Thanks for brightening our day, Daniel. <laughs> you know there's, there's, there, but, but there's a way, again, it's a very simple remedy. It's a very simple, so, wear the gloves, wear the mask, protect yourself and stay home. Mm-hmm. All right. yeah i predict he shuts down the subway um you'll see the spike within 10 days it'll be it will be millions millions of people in in the united states will have it in two weeks
3: yeah. so, so john i just gotta ask about because you know people are there's so much stress dealing with all of this but i can't imagine the stress you know as a police officer or a you know health care provider what kind of stress levels you guys are all dealing with and what is being done to help you know deal with that.
2: Um so we we do have peer-to-peer uh, available for our, our people. Um but again it it, it is a it, it's just a situation that we are adapting to and uh it is crazy because you, you it's it's an invisible virus, you can't see it and you just never know where it is. And it's um, so you know we're we're always on the precautionary type side of things anyway. So um, I think our people are doing really well with that as far as making sure that they keep their distance, uh, have their PPEs available, hand sanitizer. We've, you know, issued everyone um, hand sanitizer from, from my uh, unit itself to the entire agency. Um, you know, everybody has masks available to them and issued one. Uh, so it, it's just a, it's a scary time right now.
1: And you know, we're just dealing with it as best we can. Have you had any cases? Are you allowed to say, John, have you had any cases within the department? We are fortunate. We have not had any. So wow, we're uh, we very fortunate for that. So, um, and you're taking those major precautionary measures, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's so. I'm talking about, Robert. I mean, I don't want to be the voice of that. I'm trying to educate people and trying to help them to avoid getting this. There are people that are going to have to go out. There are people, but you need to take every precaution if you're out there. You do.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, right from the get-go, I think I talked to you right in the beginning of this, and um, you know, we had shut our office right down completely to the public. Uh, you know, we weren't allowing people to come in to do fingerprinting, uh, ID cards, any of that stuff. We, we shut it right down. And most of our staff is civilian employees in that area, so um, you know, they're not essential, so we sent them home. So it's, you know, we're operating as best weekend as well. You know, we've had to shut things down and um, certainly we didn't make, uh, you know, we upset some people. Um, The biggest thing is pistol license. Uh, You know, we're still processing the applications that we had, but we're just not taking any more in because like you said, it's on the paper, you know, it's, you know, allowing people to walk in the office, everything, those type of things can't be done by mail. You know, everything has to be done in person. We have to set up appointments, you know, photographs have to be taken uh paperwork has to be signed in front of us all that stuff so
0: well, wow. so in the medical world uh something we've been aware of like telehealth um we know it's powerful we know how it can help companies save money and it's been around for a while but now people have become knowledgeable of how to use it so my thoughts are it only makes sense that there would be almost like tell a cop or tell a law enforcement or where I can go on my phone and instantly be in touch with someone in law enforcement, which I could then show, you know, video or, you know what I mean? Is that, is, do you guys have that? Is that something that's currently being used?
2: No. I mean, there are, you know, some social media sites that we operate off of uh, like neighbors app Is one. Um, We're able to get a message out to the public. Uh, We can do it by certain areas. Um, So I can send out a mass uh, statement, or if, you know, say uh, there was a crime in your neighborhood and we're looking for video surveillance of some sort, we can send out a message to that particular area. Um, You know, we, like I said, we went to a non uh, emergency police report that's available online for people to do and send in to us. Um, we still have our 911 system here, so we tell everybody for whatever reason, um, all police services, fire, EMS, everything goes through 911, whether it's an emergency or non-emergency. And um, you know, if, if it's a non-emergency call, that dispatcher, the supervisor, will reach out to a patrol supervisor and discuss the circumstances of the call, and we can do things by phone. Um, like I said, there's just there are some things that obviously we can't do by phone, but um, there isn't. I, I don't think that you're going to see any virtual phone police. You know, I like you're not going to call me and I'm not going to be on FaceTime with you and, you know, take a complaint
0: from me. I don't think I'll see that happening. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I can see. I mean, that could come in handy, you know, especially for domestic violence situations, you know? Yeah. You know, look, he's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good, well, you guys, so let's do a round table. Um, as we have like less than five minutes to wrap this up. And uh, we're very thankful, John, that you made time to do this.
2: Oh, I appreciate it, Daniel. Robert, Thank do you
0: me. have like something inside you that you're like, I just want to, i got to ask Sergeant John this one question. Um, no,
3: I mean, I think he he did a really good job of just sharing their, um, I guess, their perspective. I guess if anything, and I mean, Robert, you kind of touched on it too, as far as what, John, that you'd want to share Um, with the public as far as the top thing you'd want to have the public know and and maybe do to help help out.
2: Yeah I I think it's just very important to listen to your um, your (laughs) county officials your state officials just you know to tell you to stay in and and they're trying to to to, uh, starve this virus that's the most important thing is just obey by it and you know it's the only way we're going to get through this.
1: All right, Daniel. Well, I would have two things to say. Um, um, the first one would be in relation to what Barbara and John just talked about. And that is, you know, you, you know, when you're watching TV late at night and they bring up the sick puppy and there's Sarah McLaughlin speaking for, you know, the, the ASPCA and these dogs only need $4.99 and you can save, and you think to yourself, man, I want to make that call or man, I, that's terrible, I wanna, I wanna help that, or I wanna help this cause or whatever, or a kid you know, at St. Jude's or whatever, and they, and they tug at your heartstrings. And then you, some people you know, who are in the position to do that, you are in that position right now. You are in that position during a virus that is killing a lot of people around the globe. Just what John said, stay home, don't expose yourself, don't expose others. Use the social distancing, use the masks. use the gloves. Only go when you have to. Don't call 911 over stupid stuff and tie up the police. You shouldn't do that anyway. But especially right now, be conscious of what you're being directed to do and do it. And that is your contribution that you've always wanted to make. You can do it. Just follow the directions. The number two thing that I would say to sum up what I feel is, I look at every single thing in my life I look at everything. I look at this situation and I say, what is my opportunity? What is my opportunity in this situation? And there is an opportunity for me to spend more one-on-one time with my kids, to cook meals, healthy meals, and sit with them, to pray with them, to talk to God more. I'm doing things, just silly stuff around the house. How many times I've walked on that side section next to my the triple garage and gone, man, I got to clean all that crap up. I really want to get all that stuff. There's nothing stopping me now. There's nothing but things to do. honey-do list and little projects and stuff to do that you're never going to have this kind of time when we reset everything. We're going through a reset. We're going through a reset right now. Take advantage of it. Speak to your kids. Watch a movie with them and talk about it. Read a book with them. Read the Bible with them. Do things that you know. Write. You know what's a really great thing? I'll end with this. Pick out one person in the next couple of days that you haven't talked to in a little while and write them um, an email. Just write them an email. Hey, Uncle Philip, I haven't seen you in such a long time. I was just wondering how you... Write Uncle Philip, write your sister, write somebody a letter and send it. You have time now. Take the opportunity.
0: Just make sure you spray Lysol all over the letter. Wipe it down. Yeah. Then put it out there. (laughs) Open
2: opening up for five days at least.
0: (laughs) Well, Rodney, Black Rodney again. No, this has been great. Um, My big concern is right now the people who live in areas where they don't have the same resources that most of us have, and that are there's many people living in the same home and. It's hard to, I mean, you got 14 people in a two, three bedroom house. You know, you're gonna start to get on each other's nerves. There's gonna be fights, like we said, domestic violence. You got the teenager just like whatever and he's gonna walk out with the basketball, touching everything as he gets to the, you know what I mean? It's like, this is crazy. So I, my call to action would be, let's have compassion and empathy for, the, for people because uh, as my favorite book um, says very clearly, My people perish for the lack of knowledge. And when it comes to all of this, I think it comes down to education. So like you said, John, we gotta get people educated. And that's what this program is all about, is helping people get educated with the goal of getting healthy, being healthy, and staying healthy. Thanks a lot, you guys. Boom! (laughs) Boom!
1: We're out of here. We'll Thank you, here. guys.
3: Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thanks Babs.
0: Thanks, dude. Money.
1: Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.